While in prison, today's guest developed the concept for the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Uh, today we're going to have a really uh, solid man uh, on our show. His name is Eric Wardrum. The reason why I wanted Eric on my show is because I was so impressed by the men and women uh, that follow him, that have joined his Catholic Cross Bears motorcycle ministry, which has well over 100 members all over the country. And I wondered who could attract such incredibly solid, powerful people. The Catholic Motorcycle Ministry riders are tough riders. They, they can ride forever. They're knowledgeable about the road, and they watch out for each other. So impressed with them. And we actually joined up with them at the Louisiana border when Tony Orband and I were riding our motorcycles from Cocoa Beach, Florida, over to San Diego as uh, part of our Long Ride Home reality TV show uh, shoot that we did. And we're so impressed with them. So we're so glad to have Eric. He's going to talk about his uh, personal testimony and how he came to found the, uh, the uh, Catholic Cross Bears. And hopefully you might be interested in joining. By the way, our Long Ride Home reality uh, TV show airs March 5th on EWTN, 11 p.m. Eastern. And we have our Long Ride Home motorcycle pins uh, that you can get to wear uh, on your motorcycle vest. So uh, we have those and along with our Long Ride Home t-shirts and special shirts for women too. So uh, dig it. Go to our website, check it out. You can also find my book there. Uh, Franciscan Media really wants me to remind you guys, my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, is available on my website and also through the EWTN catalog. Uh, so I want to tell you, though, on this ride, there was this one guy, his name is Jay Flunker. Today I'm thinking about him because this morning I redid the narration for uh, episode four. And in this uh, episode, Jay uh, develops a problem with his motorcycle. We were about uh, 40 miles west of uh, San Antonio, somewhere near Hondo, Texas. When he had to turn back, uh, he had to go back, uh, go to a motorcycle repair shop and get his bike repaired. And then he had to return and Iron Man it on the longest stretch that we were going to ride, um, had ridden so far over 400 miles in the scorching Texas heat uh, down into the Big Bend country, down by the Mexican border, down where Pancho Villa crossed the Rio Grande while being uh, pursued by the U.S. Cavalry. Um, and Jay, you know, we, we left in the pre-dawn darkness. And as the sunrise began to glow in our rearview mirror, uh, Jay developed this wobble. We all pulled over, and it, we, there was no doubt he had to turn back. So Timothy McCormick, one of my longtime friends, uh, was in a, a pursuit vehicle with him in his big black Texas pickup, and they went back. But I told Jay uh, as he was leaving uh, that uh, the adventure begins at the detour. The exciting things that God has for us in life is when the unexpected happens, because that's what the Holy Spirit's like. He's full of uh, surprises. Ask Mother Angelica. Look at, look at her. Well, look what she did with this beautiful EWTN network. This, this beautiful, sweet lady just changes the, uni the whole world, you know. Changed my life. Rocked my world, that's for sure. And Jay has this beautiful way of uh, greeting people. Throughout the day, he'll say, good morning. And they go, it's not morning, it's afternoon. He goes, well, 
God's mercies are new every morning. So I, so good morning. God's mercies are new. You know, he's just this beautiful evangelist. He's even developed his only his own uh, gospel tracks, his own Catholic gospel tracks, and he just casually and just so he's so approachable, hands things out. So I told him, Jay, you got to go back to San Antonio, and then you're going to have to Ironman it all the way back from San Antonio to the Big Bend. Uh, but I knew he could do it because he's an Ironman athlete, actually. But I said, this is your, your adventure. God has chosen you. Something special is going to happen. And indeed it did. When he got to the motorcycle repair shop and stood there waiting for his, his motorcycle to be repaired, um, there was a, another man standing there with his bike being worked on. And Jay, of course, at being Jay, said, good morning. But of course, it was morning. Uh, and he uh, said, you know, God's mercies are new every morning and gave him a gospel track. They struck up a conversation. The man said, you know, last night out of the clear blue, my wife and I started talking about God and how we needed to return to our Catholic faith and begin to go to church again. And so Jay was there and encouraged him. And the man really knew that he knew that he knew that God loved him, that God was calling him home to come back to the Catholic church. God had brought, had sent a Jay on a mission. So I want to ask you, are you ready for the unexpected? Are you ready for God to use you in some unexpected way? Are you ready for uh, your smile to open up a conversation with someone and actually ask them how they're doing? The best way to, to I mean, if you really love people, you're curious about them. You want to know their story. Ask people their story. Uh, get to know people a little bit deeper. When you, you, The people that you've known your whole life, you've maybe never asked them the deeper questions. So where did you grow up and how did this happen? And begin to, uh, you know, invite them to share their story and share your story and be transparent and be vulnerable and share your failings and share where God uh, came into your life and begin to move you in new directions. And just share with them the good news. Just have compassion with them, have empathy with them. Genuinely uh, be concerned for their good and, uh, and share with them the gospel. Say good morning to people all day long. And when they say why, just say because God's mercies are new every morning. You are called to be an evangelist. You're not just called to know a lot about God, and you're not just called to know God, and you're not just called to know good doctrine. You're called to share the good news. Jesus did the ultimate thing. You know, he died on the cross. What can't we do just a little bit more than we're doing? And I want to make a special challenge to you men. If in your church there's no men's movement, grab one other man and start one. Hey, go to our website, deepadventure.com. You can buy my books. You can subscribe to our newsletter because that email coming out to you sends us this radio show a day early. And we'll update you on our EWTN Long Ride Home Reality TV show. Until, uh, we'll be right back with more. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up.
Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We got a guy on our show today that I've been wanting to get on our show for a long time. He's just kind of hard to keep up with because he's always on his hog, uh, riding his motorcycle all, all over the place. Uh, long before I met Eric, I met uh, some really good men and women that he had influenced that are part of the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry. When we were filming our reality show, Long Ride Home, our 10-episode reality series, that's airing on March 5th, by the way, on EWTN, uh, we had been riding from Cocoa Beach, Florida, on our way all the way to, for me, all the way to uh, Carmel, California, uh, which was replicating kind of in reverse a ride that I did on my, I pedaled on my bicycle from San Diego to Jacksonville 15 years ago, and I was going through a real hurting time in my life, and really seeking the Lord. And so this was kind of, we call it the long ride home because it was kind of returning and visiting kind of, in a sense, the trail of tears in my life and, and experience and seeing all that God had done and blessed me with. But at some point when we got to the Louisiana border, we were met by the Catholic Crossbears Motorcycles Club, about six of those guys. And man, they were like a breath uh, of fresh air for us. They're like bringing in the Calvary. And they, they said they were going to escort us for a little while, but they escorted us all the way through Louisiana to the Texas border. I think they were trying to get rid of us. I think they just wanted to make sure that we were leaving the state. But then they, we had so much fun, they just kept on riding with us all the way to Houston, Texas. And we had our big uh, call to the wall uh, men's rally there. And then one of the guys, Grady Dyke, just said, I'm going with you to the Big Bend. So when six of us headed to the Big Bend, he was part of our club. And we were so glad that he was there because these Catholic Crossbear bikers are real bikers. Uh, they went hundreds of miles. One of them, you know, they, they had escorted us for over 100 miles into Louisiana, and then they, we stopped for the night. Some of them went 100 miles back home, and then were back at 7 in the morning to escort us the rest of the way. And these are tough guys, tough women, uh, really know how to ride, how to ride in formation. Grady was a great source of, of, of safety for us and also um, just uh, street wisdom. And so I couldn't have been more impressed with these Catholic motorcycles clubs. And I kept thinking, who? Who's behind all this? Who's the guy that started all this? And I started hearing rumors about this guy. Oh, he's really tough. Uh, Eric Waldron, very tough guy. I, when you ride with him, oh, my gosh, you better you better stay in the pack. He, he's going to push hard through the cities. And, oh, you better, you know, just all this stuff about this tough cat named Eric Waldron. So I'm so excited to have Eric with us, the president and the founder of the Catholic Motorcycles, Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministry. Aloha, Eric. Welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Oh, good morning. It's nice to be with you. What is this I hear about? They say when you guys, I think you guys rode through Cleveland or Cincinnati or something last year. And he said there was a hundred, how many people were in, are in your pack when you all get together? Uh, it varies from time to time. But um, uh, last year we had a pretty good ride. Uh, everybody went down to uh, EWTN and uh, the Ave Marie Grotto in uh, Alabama. And I think there was probably about uh, 20 of us down there, if I'm, my estimate's right. But uh, it was a real nice time. <laughs> well, you know, we got uh, Benny Petri, you know, from, uh, uh, or is it Bernie Petri? I forget, from uh, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, Benny. Benny, yeah. yeah. And Grady is going to ride up to Art Little Rock and then head over with Benny to uh, Allentown, New Jersey, uh, for our Call to the Wall uh, rally in New Jersey on May, uh, I guess it's what date it is. I think it's like May 13th. I'll get the date here in a minute. But, um, yeah, May 13th of this year. And so uh, we're hoping you can stir up a, a hornet's nest and, and a bunch of you guys show up at the at the rally at 
St. John the Baptist Catholic Church on May 13th. Do you think there's any Catholic cross bearers can make it there? Um, I think we have a couple up in Massachusetts that are planning to go right now. And uh, we'll see who, who else we can send up there. That's a long ride for them that time of year, huh? It may still be a little bit cold for them to be heading down from Massachusetts. Yeah, you can run into a lot of, lot of bad weather early in the year like that. <laughs> okay, so we, we want to hear all about Eric. And so here's what I'm going to ask you. Tell me about the different bikes you've owned in your lifetime that you've ridden. Tell me. Well, I started riding when I was 15. Uh, I was actually a runaway from home at the time, and I was working at a job at a restaurant. And a fellow that was uh, a busboy there had a little uh, 450 Honda. And he gave me a ride home with it the one day. And I said, ah, that was pretty cool. It was my first ride on a motorcycle. And he says, would you like to try it? I said, sure. And so he had me uh, in first gear, showed me what the clutch was and everything and where the brake was. And uh, I, I took it around the block in first gear. <laughs> yeah. After about three times around the block in first gear, he says, you're ready for second. So he instructed me how to shift up to second gear and... That was it. I was hooked after that. Well, what is that? Is that, a, is that a Rebel? Is the Honda 450 called the Rebel? Do you remember what it was called? Yeah, I remember, remember the Rebel. This was a CB Honda. Okay. okay. So uh, the CB 450. And so, uh, so that the, the year was hooked. probably about 1977. I would have been 15 then. You know, it's so crazy, and, uh, Eric, because what is it? But that after that, I've owned, uh, I've owned uh, uh, Suzuki, Yamaha, uh, a couple Triumphs. The old old triumphs, not the newer ones, and uh, you know, one, uh, both uh, both of them were choppers, the triumphs, um, and then. Uh, okay, now wait a minute. You uh, got to tell us what a, you got You got to tell us what a chopper is for our audience. What's a chopper? Well, a chopper is they they cut the frame. Uh, a lot of times it's a hardtail frame. They extend the front end. Um, you know, pretty much strip it down from everything that's they have on there. You usually don't have much on there unless it's uh, actually needed. The the old time choppers. You ever you ever ride with ape hangers? Yeah, actually, I have a I have a set of ape hangers on my. Uh, I, currently, I have I have three bikes, uh, three Harley Davidsons, and I have a twelve hundred Sportster. It has ape hangers on it. So explain what ape hangers are to the people out there. Well, ape hangers are are high bars. They're a high bar, so your arms are are extended. Uh, the ones I have are kind of short, but uh, my arms are straight out with a little bit of a rise when I ride. But uh, these things can go so high that, uh, you know, they're, uh, your arms are, like, dangling up in the air. <laughs> you know, I've ridden with – I usually have uh, mini apes, but uh, I've never actually ridden one with real ape hangers. It just seems like it would be so hard to ride. But people tell me that's not that – they're not that much more difficult, or what do you think? No, it's actually uh, pretty comfortable. Um, yeah, mine are kind of a mini ape. They're about 14 and a half inches. And the only reason I went with 14 and a half inches was I had uh, measured my wires on the bike and, and the brake lines and everything. And, and that was like as far as I could go without having to change everything. Oh, there. I got you. I, got so you. I was able to put the uh, put the uh, ape hangers on there without having to uh, change all the wiring and brake lines and stuff like that. But I had another bike that uh, I had rebuilt my uh, old Sportster. I had a 1000 Sportster. And I rebuilt that, and I had 18-inch uh, ape hangers on there. And it was very comfortable, very well, comfortable to ride with. Well, how, how long have a – what's the longest uh, run you've ever done? I mean, it might have taken you several days, but what's the longest run you've ever – what, uh, what was that? What was that probably the longest uh, runs I've done are, are when I go out to Sturgis, I would say. 
Um, but I, I've ridden down there to Texas and stuff like that, and I go to Florida quite often. I have family down there. So. Well, you got to come down here. I live in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Let's go ride. Yeah, I'll have to stop uh, here on the East Coast. Yeah. Well, you know, think about, I don't think people realize when you ride a motorcycle, it really can take it, it, it is not like cruising down the road in, in a car. I mean, it, it really wears it can really wear you out. And the road seems to get longer in front of you instead of shorter. And you look at GPS and it goes, oh, it's going to be two. It's going to be a four hour run. And so for some reason, it's always six hours. And uh, yeah, it takes a little longer because you want to stop a little more. Yeah, and you get have that. to have to kind of shake it off, shake off the road a little bit. It's a workout, isn't it? It's a physical yes, workout. Yes, it is. It's an endurance. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know what it is, Eric. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of loves that I have in life. You know, surfing and a lot of things. Uh, but bike, being a biker, um, I don't know how to explain it. What is it? It's the, the feeling of pure oxygen going through you, being on the open road. And I'll tell you, I rode a little bit when I was in college in in Texas, but. When I moved to Hawaii, I became a member of the Sons of Hawaii Motorcycle Club. They just kind of made me a member out of nowhere. I don't know why. Um, and I used to ride with them. But when we rode, we would ride like, you know, 40 miles because you're on an island. <laughs> and we would all ship our bikes over to the big island so on Labor Day weekend. And we would all roll thunder there, maybe over 100 of us rolling around that island. We'd get a little sense of adventure. But nothing like being on the mainland when you can get on your bike and like we did, just cruise all the way to California. You know, it's... It's a whole field. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely uh, a lot of land there to cruise across. <laughs> but it, now, so in your young life, did you gradually get more involved in the biker uh, community? Um, we, we'd like to have you share with us more about now this, 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 uh, the um, your life story, your your personal testimony, uh, starting out. I guess. Well, I, I had gotten I, I had gotten out of it a little bit there for a while, and uh, a lot of my friends were were riding, but. Uh, I was in the National Guard and, and busy with the military and, and stuff like that, and I wasn't riding a lot. Um, but then I went back in uh, and got a new bike in uh, 1986, and pretty much ever since then I've been uh, riding steadily. Well, you told you— About every day I can. <laughs> but uh, you shared with us that I guess in, in, the, in, in the 80s uh, you ended up actually killing a man. Uh, and ended up in prison. Yeah, I went to prison um, we in uh, 1990. Well, and, uh, before we get to that, for uh, murder, I want to know what how that how your life progressed to that happening. You don't have to go into the details of that event. Well, and then how God brought you out of that. As a that teenager, uh, like I said, I was I was a runaway, and um, and I, I was in a lot of trouble with the law because I was a runaway. Um, I kept on getting put in the detention home for running away, and as I was in a detention home. Um, it was a very lonely place, and uh, you know when I was in there, I, I never felt so alone. I felt abandoned by everybody, and uh, we had a priest that would come in there, Father O'Donnelly, and he'd bring a couple nuns and they'd bring a guitar, and I enjoyed the mass there, and uh, I, I would pray. But uh, going to organized church, I, I kind of drifted away from that, and a lot of it was because. When I'd go to church, everybody's there in their suit and tie and everything, and and it was a pretty affluent affluent uh, community, uh, the church uh, that I went to, and uh, and I'd hear the message of the poverty of the gospel, and it didn't line up with the people I was seeing. It seemed like they were only concerned about going to mass, and that was it. The rest of the week, making money, so I kind of drifted away from the church from that, 
and um, which led me into getting in a lot of trouble because the further away I got from from the church, uh, uh, as far as going to mass, the further away I got from doing the right thing and and keeping uh, God's commandments. And um, so I wound up uh, using a lot of drugs as a young man and and alcohol and that, and uh, and really was kind of lost for a long time. And uh, I I quit doing all that stuff when I went into the military. That was kind of a rock for me. But uh, I still didn't have God as my main focus in life. And uh, I wound up... uh, I won't get into the details of it, uh, uh, but I wound up uh, killing somebody in 1986, and uh, I didn't go to prison until 1990. And uh, uh, during that time between 86 and 90, that's pretty much when I returned back to the motorcycle scene, and uh, I joined a motorcycle club, and and just was living a real wild lifestyle. Um, I didn't care about much anything. Uh, I figured my life was over, and they had, uh, you know, threatened to put me in the electric chair and everything. Uh, I was on trial for uh, aggravated murder, and uh, it, it was like I, I didn't care anymore. And and I didn't. I still would pray to God, but it was it was more a prayer that uh, somehow saved me, God. And uh, it was one night uh, I had a real uh, intense encounter. Uh, with Christ, uh, I was with some people and everybody was doing drugs and I saw a sign on the wall there and I got up and started looking at it. It was the, uh, the prayer of the footprints in the sand. Mm. And it moved me very much when I read that and, and how there, this man, when he was walking along the beach and he saw the two sets of footprints, one was his and one was the Lord's. And he noticed that, uh, all of a sudden when he went through rough periods of his life, that there was only one set, his. He didn't, or, or he he only saw one set. They weren't his. They were the Lord's. And uh, and he says, well, why did you leave me? He said, well, that, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you. That's what the Lord said. I was carrying you during these times. And I felt like the Lord was carrying me for many years. And and I, I turned to everybody and I said, hey, this is me right here. And they were like, what are you talking about? I said, this is me. The Lord's carrying me. And they were like, why don't you sit down and shut up, you know? Uh, everybody was doing drugs. They didn't want to hear about the Lord. And uh, so it was after that that I, I started feeling an intense prayer. But I started feeling some peace in my life that somehow God was going to bring me out of the mess that I was in. Did you stop and, and pray at that moment? And he was going to save moment? me again. Did you stop and pray at that moment? Or was just like a, a more of like a uh, a moment of uh, of of enlightenment or infusion of God's, uh, you know, truth. It was a moment of enlightenment, but you know, the Lord hears everything that we do and knows our thoughts and that. So I think it was a prayer and, and, but I didn't know I was saying a prayer, you know, if if that makes sense to you. No, absolutely. God hears the inner cries of our heart, the inner groanings of our heart. Those are the greatest prayers when all we just do is just open up our our heart to the Lord. And so then that became, that began a change of direction in your life. We, we only have a minute, so I don't, so I want to know you can start and we can finish in the next segment. But so what, what was the, you know, and when there is that change or that moment happens, people don't realize sometimes how 
their whole life is changing. They kind of, their life begins to take a different direction, have a different momentum. They don't even realize it until a year later, they look back and go, wow, that's when everything started to change. Did you experience that? Did you, did you find a chance? To- yes, I did. I, I, I look at that, that, that was a big turning point in, in starting me down the road back to, back to Jesus. Yes, and definitely. So we're talking with, it was, it, it was that point. We're talking with Eric Waldrum. He is the president of the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministries. We're going to talk to him about how he came up with that name and kind of the, the, the development of that theme of that, of that uh, I guess we call it a tribe or nation, uh, when we get back. Um, but you can see that Jesus, uh, even when Eric felt that he was headed for hell and there was no hope for him, uh, God, Jesus extended a hand and, and was there for him and, and, uh, and saw the best in him and looked past his faults and saw his needs and brought him into a beautiful new life. Uh, This is Bear Wozniak. I'm your adventure guide. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak coming to you from Waikiki Beach with another Deep Virtue. I was so stoked last weekend. I got to have a guest starring role on Hawaii Five O. I played the role of a captain. We were in the opening uh, sequence of the show, and I had a young couple on my boat. They were newlyweds, and suddenly a satellite explodes and falls from the sky, and then a boat shows up and starts shooting at us, and uh, I run to try to get the boat started, and I get shot and killed. And then the director says, cut, and let's shoot it again. I think he meant literally. And then we go uh, from another angle. Uh, we do this, our same lines again, and I run, and then I get shot and killed again. And then I get up. Director says, let's do it again. I got shot and killed probably 30 times. You know, there's games that people play, uh, computer games, where you get 
to have extra lives. You die, but you get to have extra lives. But getting shot 20 times and getting to get up and walk away from it, that's not the way it is in real life. The Bible says that it is appointed on a man once to live, then to die, then the judgment. There is no reincarnation. There is no second chances. We get this one life to live, and we want to live this life to the fullest. When I die, when I go to heaven, I want to look at the beatific vision. I want to look at the beautiful, powerful God, and I'll be able to see him because I will be like him. The Bible says we shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. We'll be able to see God face to face, and we'll be able to know what love really is, and we'll be able to know what truth really is, and we'll be able to know what justice really is, because we will see God face to face. That is, of course, um, if we live this life on earth according to his will. So I'm inviting you, while you have this time on earth, to surrender all all you are to Jesus Christ. This is Bear Wozniak with another Deep Virtue. You can go to deepadventure.com for more information. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. Suffering in paradise for you. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and uh, one of the beautiful things about having a radio show like this is I get to meet people who would normally not even talk to me will talk to me because I have a radio show. And there's this guy I've been hearing vicious rumors about for a long time. His name is Eric Waldrum. He is the founder of the Catholic Motorcycle Ministries, uh, Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministries. Uh, and uh, I've ridden with a lot of his riders on our reality show, Long Ride Home. And so we're going to figure out all these guys have tremendous respect for him, his love for the Lord and how tough he is, too, in terms of his, his ability to ride and how, he's, how tough he is on them when they ride in a pack. I don't know if you know that, Eric, uh, but welcome to our show. Aloha. Aloha. Well, it's great to be on the show this morning. Do you know that they, that they have this sort of, they always warn me, oh, when you ride with Eric, you better, you better make sure to shape up and, and, and ride right. Do, do you know that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they thought that way, but yeah, I try to keep everybody in line. <laughs> it's tough. You know, talk, talk about the difficulty of riding in a pack. What are the challenges of riding in a pack? Well, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, you always have to remember that you're, uh, you're responsible for everybody in the pack. So you want to lead them in a, in a good way and make sure nobody gets left behind. And uh, I, when I'm riding in a pack, I look more in my rearview mirror than I do as where I'm going because I'm trying to make sure everybody is, is safe and they're all following me okay, and, and uh, no cars are getting in the middle and, and running people over and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's, it is very challenging. Yeah, you know, I know that same thing I tell people. I don't want to end up having to look in the rearview mirror more than, uh, than uh, the road ahead of me, but especially when you're rolling through town, because you have a, a tail dragger back there, a tail gunner back there, kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, I, the last motorcycle there is kind of keeping people in line, too. Like, that's what Grady Dyke did for us on our ride. He made sure everybody was right. It was in good shape. But going through towns, that can be tough, can't it? Yeah, it can be real rough, especially you got a big group because you got all the stoplights and everything like that. When you get on the open road, it's pretty easy. But, uh, yeah, you got to time the lights and, and make sure you don't get split up and stuff like that. So it, it's very challenging. <laughs> well, we're talking with Eric because, uh, you know, he has a great story to tell. We In the first segment, we were talking about his life, how he had— been through a really, uh, you know, I don't know how you would describe it, uh, just living a life that we felt basically, I think you felt you were getting into sex, drugs, and rock and roll and ended up in prison for uh, for murdering a man, someone we don't want, we didn't really go into the details of that, but at some point, uh, God just got your attention through that footprints in the sand uh, uh, 
short uh, story that people talk about how you were walking. The, the story goes, people are, there's two sets of footprints in the sands and one of them is Jesus. And in the tough parts of our lives, we look and go, why, why did Jesus abandon us? There's only one set of footprints. And he goes, you got it wrong. Uh, those one set of footprints were mine. I was carrying you through those hard times. And that began a new direction in your life. How did you begin to get traction with the Lord? Well, like I said, that brought a new direction. I have a sense of peace and calm that somehow God was going to bring me out of the hell I was living in. And and when I did get finally get arrested, which was probably about six months after I, I saw that, um, when, the, when the police officer came and he says, hey, they brought up those charges against you again. I got to take you downtown. I said, what took you so long? And he's like, what? I said, what took you so long? Because, you know, my life had been a living hell. And, and it took him four years to come back and get me after the uh, initial crime. And and so in that period of time, if it would have gone any longer, I probably would have been dead. But uh, I, I knew at that point that this was it. This was the end of the road. I was going to start a new life. And when I was in the jail, I had a life-changing confession. Um, I hadn't been to confession for so long. Um, and we had a priest come in to our our uh, prison unit there. Everybody's in a unit or a cell block. And they said, uh, anybody want to go to confession? The priest is here. And a few guys got up and, and went to the confession. We were locked in our cell. And uh, something was burning in my heart saying, you got to go to confession. You got to go to confession. I had been to the, uh, to the evangelical Protestant uh, uh, services to the Catholic Mass and everything, and you know the evangelical Protestants say, "Well, just believe, just confess Jesus, and your sins are forgiven, and everything like that." But I didn't feel forgiven, and my Catholic upbringing told me you got to go to confession, and and it was burning in my heart, but I was still scared. Something was holding me back, and the guard said, "Okay, that's it. Anybody else have to go? This is the last call." And the priest was about ready to leave, and I started pounding on my cell door. And I said, hey, 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 you got one more here. I got to go. And so I went in there, and, and once I got in the confessional, um, I, I basically started crying. I mean, literally crying, because everything was coming out of me. All these years of sin and, and, and the feelings of loneliness and abandonment, all that was coming out of me. And I told the priest, I, I went through the formula. I remembered it from my youth. Uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. And I said, you know, I, I can't even tell you what my last confession was. He says, well, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And, and I said, well, I, I said, I don't even know where to start. I said, everything, I've done everything wrong in my life. I said, I've, I've probably committed every sin that you could commit. And he goes, well, and by then I was bawling like a baby. And, and he, he says, well, just tell me the one thing it is that you don't think Jesus can forgive you. And I said, well, I don't think he can forgive me for killing a man. I'm in here for killing a man. And he said, well, Jesus has already forgiven you for that. He said, you need to forgive yourself. And he reminded me that uh, that uh, Moses was a murderer. King David was a murderer. Even Paul was a murderer. He said, these people were are the most prolific people in the Bible outside of Jesus. And he said, and God has plans for you, and he's forgiven you. And he told me to read... Uh, read the uh, uh, epistles of John about the love of Christ. And so I did. And after that, I, I mean, it was a whole new life. It was like a, a weight had been lifted off my back, and uh, I no longer had that old life. I was born again in there. 
And so tell me, um, Eric, it's, it's, it's just a stunning story. And then what began to happen in your life when you, you did you feel like you, you said you like the weight of the world had lifted off of you? Yeah. Uh, were you were you in prison for had you been convicted at that point? Right. I hadn't been convicted at that point. But so I there was still, still the, there crime. was still the death penalty potentially hanging over you. That. But what did you yes. what did your heart feel like then? Was there a different sort of sense of hope or anything that came into you then? Yeah, there was a hope that Jesus was with me in the whole process and that uh, I did plead guilty. Um, it, it really wasn't a, uh, the scenario that happened. It really wasn't worthy of the death penalty. It wasn't that sort of a crime. But um, I pled guilty to uh, second-degree murder, and I felt at peace that I was going to be you know, taking care of uh, my responsibility and for what I have done. And I knew I was forgiven by the Lord. And I knew the Lord had other plans for me, but I couldn't see the other the plans that he had for me. But I, I had a deep sense of trust that somehow everything was going to be okay in, in my life from that point on. And, you know, that, that deep sense of trust doesn't come by having a, a really cool idea. Uh, doctrine is one thing, but a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, it was the Holy Spirit within you at that point, uh, carrying you, lifting you, guiding you, reassuring you, giving you hope. Doctrine alone yeah. doesn't do that. Doctrine, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I had an a, a interesting dream last night. Um, I was walking along the beach and this this man, uh, kind of a hippie like man, uh, spoke to me and rebuked me. And uh, he rebuked me. And when he did, I thought this guy has a religious spirit. He has a demon. And he said to me, you believe in Gnosticism, don't you? You're a Gnostic. And I said, no, I believe that Jesus Christ is all God and all man. He goes, no, you believe that, uh, that, that matter is evil. And I said, no, I believe that, you know, God loves the material world. He made man and he loves us uh, and he loves humankind. And Jesus came uh, in the flesh. And, and he began to preach to me the truth of, of Jesus uh, being um, uh, all God and all man and rebuking me yeah. like I didn't believe that. But here's the thing. This man had no love for God. There was no yeah. relationship with Jesus. This man had a stern and a, a, my sense in my spirit was of evil. So even demons tremble at the name of Jesus. I mean, Satan, know, though he's the father of lies, knows the truth. So simply having gone to, to church and holding to the form of religion without clinging to a personal relationship with God is, 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 is darkness. It's emptiness. It's, it's, it's vain pursuit. But in the Catholic church, we can go, we can start. There's people out there right now, Eric, I know that are so far from the Lord and they feel that God is so far from them. It's like Augustine said, I, I was far from you, but you were, but you were within me. Amen. Jesus is right there knocking. Uh, Eric had to pound on the, the prison cell doors to get them to open so he could go to confession. But Jesus right now is pounding on the door of your heart and saying, let me in. And you can feel your heart surging within you. There's a throbbing in your heart. And you know right now God is squeezing your heart and saying, let me in. Let me in. Amen. Amen. It's time. Yeah, he's always there for us, and, and, and he's always faithful to us. We, we can't see what his plan is all the time, but we have to have a profound trust in him that uh, he's going to bring us to the end of this and everything's going to be all right. We have to abandon ourselves uh, to God's will. And one of the beautiful things God has done for us is he's given us the, to get through the Catholic Church, Eric. You went and, and, and went to confession and uh, in persona Christi, the priest, you know, forgave you your sins, absolved you of, of your sins. 
And, you know, I got to say, we had to leave at a moment. But I got to say, going to confession, that must have been a scary thing for you at that moment. I know for me, uh, I feel like uh, if anybody's gone skydiving, there's those time, there's that time just before you jump when you're really scared uh, that you yeah. got to go in and confess your sins. But right after that, after you confess your sins and you receive the absolution, it's like the canopy opening on your parachute, you know, and you just see all this beauty and this sense of wonder and a whole new perspective. And uh, so we're talking with Eric Waldham. He's the president and founder of the Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministries. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And, you know, this is the greatest radio show in the history, not just of mankind, but of the entire universe or any multiverse. And the reason why is because we have guests like Eric Waldrum on our show. He is the president and founder of Catholic Motorcycles, Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministries. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he's, uh, he's a leader of men. And uh, if somehow, uh, after going through a real rough time in his life and, and it really experiencing God's forgiveness and God filling him with his grace and growing in virtue, uh, he uh, began to become a leader of men uh, and, and founded uh, this beautiful ministry. So, Eric, we were talking about after you went to confession, then uh, you began to develop traction in your life. And, and I, we're going to have to have you put it and fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Get us to where how you started this ministry and what it's about. Well, the ministry was kind of given to me as, as being a lover of motorcycles. You know, I kind of thought about, well, I can't. I, I want to ride, and uh, my motorcycles. A couple of my uh, my riding brothers were holding on to them till I got out of prison. They held on them uh, the whole time I was in there, which was eighteen years. But I, I'm thinking, well, you know, all we did was run around and and do crazy things. And I can't go back to that lifestyle, but I want to ride my motorcycle. And I had heard about there being some Christian motorcycles, so I started looking for it, and I found uh, the Christian Motorcycle Association. I sent them a letter, we corresponded, and I joined up with their organization. Uh, but after a couple years in there, I realized uh, this is not a good fit. I just didn't have a good feeling about it. And um, I thought, well, what about Catholics? And I couldn't find anything about Catholics because I wanted to celebrate my Catholicism. And uh, it was at that time, probably about 1996, that the Lord put on my heart to draw up the Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministry. And I had pretty much drawn up all the paperwork, which which uh, uh, set the foundation for it at that time. And I had it in a notebook and kept it to the side. Um, 
And then when I went to the parole board after serving 10 years, they gave me 10 more years. And, and my whole thing was, my prayer to God was, well, God, I think you're going to have to find somebody else to do this because I'm going to be in here a long time. And he didn't. He kept it, kept it there for me. He wanted me to do it. And um, he had, uh, about two years before I got out, um, uh, a guy from a notorious local motorcycle club, uh, whose job it was was to approve all the different motorcycle clubs in the area. You didn't wear a motorcycle patch unless you talked to this guy. He's serving a life sentence, and he became a born-again Christian. Not a Catholic, but a born-again Christian. And he, he loves the Lord just the same. And um, they moved him into the bunk next to me. So No kidding. Uh, we be- <laughs> no kidding. And explain to this what it means you don't wear a bottom rocker unless you're... You know, explain that. Well, that's the territory, and and the motorcycle clubs have territories, and, and they were very protective of their territories. So you can't, uh, you, you have to, the one that's the dominant one in the area, you have to kind of appease them. So, okay, so this, so this guy their, just shows up. Area. The Lord brings <laughs> you two guys together. This is amazing. And what happens? Yeah, he brings, he puts them right there. So, I mean, this is not a coincidence. I, I call it a God incidence. A friend, a priest friend of mine up here, he calls them God incidences, and this is one of them. So uh, then I get a parole, and, and I'm still, the Catholic crossbearers is burning in my mind and, and my heart. And so I take, take what I had written down, and I, I take it to him, and I says, here, why don't you read this for me? I'll be back in, a, in about 15 minutes. Just read this stuff and tell me what you think of it. And when I come back, he says, hey, this is a great idea, man. He's like, you need to do this. And I said, you think so? And he says, absolutely. He says, even if you're the only one out there, you need to do this. And I said, well, you know, I don't want any trouble with you guys. And he says, no, I don't see any trouble here. You're a motorcycle ministry. Uh, your color is purple and white. Nobody else has purple and white. And he says, uh, I don't see any problem with this at all. And, and I said, okay, well, that sounds great. And when I got out, I, uh, I, I sent a message to him that uh, I was going to start it. And uh, I, I, I sent the message. I says, you know, you're in there, and I, I appreciate and respect all your advice and, and that it's okay and everything. I said, but uh, could you uh, somehow check with your guys out here that it's okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to run into trouble. And, and they said, no, you're okay. And, and I was. And, and I go to their uh, functions and stuff like that, go on rides with them, and they they love to see me and and you know so making a lot of inroads with with the motorcycle clubs and groups here as well as those that ride without patches so it's it's trying to bring our motto is and our mission is to bring the love of Jesus to the streets and to those imprisoned and people are imprisoned by a lot of different things not just a physical prison but uh sometimes worse uh by a mental and spiritual uh prison so we try to reach out to all those people that we come in contact with, both in the streets and the imprisoned, in the motorcycle community, as well as just in general, anybody we run into. It's so beautiful, Eric. Uh, tell us now, we've only got a few minutes, how can people, uh, you, there, you have over 100 members now, as I understand, around the United States. Yeah. How can people uh, participate uh, and consider becoming a member of the Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministry? Well, if you ride a motorcycle, uh, we're, we're men and women. We don't differentiate uh, also what kind of bike you have. You don't have to have a Harley. Uh, it just as something that's a street ride, riding bike because we get on the highway a lot, uh, something that's going to keep up on the highway. Uh, and uh, the three-wheel kind is fine, too. If you, 
if you need that. And uh, and you're Catholic. You have to be Catholic, practicing Catholic, uh, trying to do the best you can. Where none of us are perfect, uh, and and sometimes that's. Uh, People think they have to be perfect. Uh, if, if you show me a perfect Catholic, I'm going to run from them, because none of us are perfect. We're all struggling and working out our salvation, and and so we uh, we don't require that you be perfect, but that you're uh, striving to to be holy. Okay, so you let know, me ask you. Set apart for God. Let me ask you this: So, if, if they want to reach you, what's the best place to reach you? They can reach us through our website, uh, which is CatholicCrossBearsMM.com. Or at my email, the email comes directly to me, and then I'll filter it to somebody that can help them, is at CatholicCrossBearsMM at gmail.com. Now, I want to ask you. small case. Now, Eric, we have a minute. Tell yeah. the men out there what your daily prayer life is like. Well, my daily prayer is every day I get up, I thank the Lord for being alive and that he's given me a new day and all the blessings he's given me. And I'm constantly in prayer with the Lord. Uh, my favorite prayer is is to say the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be, and and uh, also the Saint Michael prayer, and that's how I began my day. And doing the daily readings that's that's important. You, the, you read the mass, the, the readings the from mass. Readings. You read the readings from mass each day, right? Because it'll take you through the whole Bible. You'll get the whole Bible. But no, but, but but no biker's ever going to read the Catholic Catechism, right? That's too hard, right? Well, you can. And I, I know you have, right? Times myself. But. I know you love the Catholic Catechism. Knock him, yeah, kick him great. in the pants, and tell him to read the Catholic Catechism. Yes, yes, and and they can watch you. You're taking them through there. Yeah, we're doing that Facebook Live every morning. Uh, people can follow me, Bear Wozniak, and I'm doing. We're doing the Catholic Catechism, taking our sweet time about it too, and enjoying ourselves. But. This is a man uh, who I've been looking forward to talking to a long time. Eric, we're going to definitely have you back on our show if you let us. And get the word out to your men and women to join us somewhere between Allentown and uh, Atlanta. We're going to be going down the Blue Ridge Parkway, but we're starting with a biker or actually just a, a rally for men and women. Call to the Wall Rally at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church in Allentown. Eric, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel Boone Markham at DanielMarkham.com with this week's episode of Surf's Up. Fisher Men. The Columbia River Bar, where the mighty Columbia meets the massive Pacific, is no place for wimps to work. There's hundreds of sobering reason, 200 shipwrecks to be exact, the reason it is aptly called the Graveyard of the Pacific. Here the force of the drainage of the Columbia River Basin pours around 17 million gallons of water per second, sometimes at over 8 knots, ramming into 10 to 40 foot incoming ocean swells. The collision creating a mass of breakers gives a new meaning to surf's up. My great-grandfather was one of the pioneering fishermen who came to Iwako, Washington to strike it rich on salmon in the 1870s, a time when ships were made of wood and men of iron. My ancestors faced this very water in 20 to 30 foot sailboats, not unlike those on the Sea of Galilee. It's no wonder that Jesus chose commercial fishermen as four of the 12 apostles. Hardy souls, these men, men of perseverance, willing to take risks, to face death, and then go at it again. As you may recall, the fishermen brothers James and John were called the Sons of Thunder by Jesus. Having worked on fishing boats and in canneries, I know a little something about fishermen who thunder. Colorful language with raw emotion and the sheer force of will. Do you understand the Apostle Peter a little better now? 
You may not be a burly man like Peter, but you can be a man of God like him, standing up for what's right, even in the face of great opposition. It's time for men of the church to be men of rightness, nobility, and virtue, relying on God's support while pushing upstream with God's truth as the flow of culture is going downstream against what is right and true and just and good. Be a fisherman. Get on board and grab an oar. This is Daniel Boone Markham at DanielMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And I want to remind you, uh, please, uh, go, to our, go to my Facebook page, Deep Adventure Ministries, and uh, fo- follow us. We're doing every day... We spend about 15 to 20 minutes uh, reading through the Catholic Catechism. I stand out on my lanai in front of the ocean with a camera, uh, and I got some kind of decent lighting, so I'm not too horribly backlit, and you can see the sunrise every morning with us. We have a really big following of people that every morning join me as I uh, uh, read through the Catechism and teach through the Catholic Catechism. We're on about uh, paragraph 500 right now. And every morning, seven days a week at 7 o'clock in the morning, we do um, Ocean Sunrise. So you, can, uh, you can't friend me on Facebook because I got too many friends, I guess. But you can go to Deep Adventure Ministries and uh, follow us there. Uh, and we, what we do is we post the, uh, the recorded version of that there, like right after we do the live version. Uh, but you can uh, follow me too, Bear Wozniak. You don't have to be my friend. You can just follow me on Facebook and then you can see the live show. So uh, please uh, do that and go to our website, deepadventure.com. We have our uh, Long Ride Home motorcycle pins there, our Long Ride Home t-shirts for different ones for men and women and all my books. And we have the Catholic Catechism and, of course, Tom Sullivan's Warrior Rosaries. Until next week, this is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Viva Cristo Rey! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio.